This is the Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 371. I like to write it out. Like, how would I say this? And then I read over it and I practice it. And inevitably, I say something slightly different every time. And that's okay. Because the other thing that we know as coaches is that we can sense the people's energy in the room and we can trust our intuition to know what's there's something bubbling up here, right? I feel, I just feel inspired to say this next thing and I didn't practice it. I didn't know I was going to say that, but allowing the space in your presentations to let that come through because those are the magical moments. Those are the same moments that happen in our coaching, right? Where we're not that was executive and leadership coach Kim Carpenter talking about some of the things that she does to create magic in her speaking engagements, which has multiplied her income, her reach, and her influence. We're going to talk about that and so much more in this episode of The Star Coach Show. Hello, welcome to the show. Happy New Year. It is wonderful to enter another year with you, bringing you the Star Coach Show, focusing on those very things that we do as coaches, as leaders who are using coaching in our leadership style to connect with other human beings, to listen in a way that encourages them to speak, to empower people by drawing out what their thoughts are, what their interests are, what their unique talents are. All of those are things that we do as coaches and as leaders who are coaches to really create the difference in the world that human beings thrive on. And that's exactly why I do the Star Coach show. So today's show is focused on how we increase our reach, our visibility, our influence, and our income through public speaking. My guest today is Kim Carpenter. Kim and I have worked together to on both ends, where she's been my coach, helping me get clear about my message, and then years later, hiring me to be her mentor as she was working towards her PCC. And we're going to talk about that a little bit in the interview. Now, there is one caveat here. I have had a cold. And if you are watching this video on YouTube, you are going to see that I was not at 100% when I did this interview. I continue to have some of the leftovers of that. If you're listening to it, hopefully you don't tell as much as you will when you are watching it and you see Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer here. But in general, Kim was delightful and helped me through this interview by forging ahead, even when I was on mute and coughing and carrying on with a cold. So in advance, I want to apologize for that and ask for your patience with that. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Kim. Kim is 
committed to awakening unbounded human potential, which is exactly what we've just been talking about, right? She has spent the past 15 years helping business leaders and their teams hone their leadership and communication skills that really help them navigate through change. She is the founder and principal at People at the Center. It's a boutique consulting firm that helps organizations develop thriving company cultures that align leaders to honor the human being and to boost the bottom line. Those very important elements that are so aligned with what I believe in. Kim and I had a great time together looking at what is it that we do when we speak from a stage to attract others to us. And I asked Kim to bring some of her secrets forward, some of her strategies and tips to go from hating public speaking to thriving and multiplying her income by being a public speaker. So I'll make you wait no longer. Let's go to my interview with the fabulous Kim Carpenter. Kim Carpenter, welcome to the Star Coach Show. Thank you so much, Meg. It's so great to be here. And of course, always a pleasure to get to spend time with you. I just adore spending time with you. So, you know, the world of coaching is sort of a small world. Like once you've been in it a while, you have people come back in again and again, like into your sphere. So I first met you, I would guess it was probably, well, you probably know better than I do, but it was at least 10 years ago when you worked with Kim, right? And you were one of her coaches in her program. And so you were my coach in the, and I don't even remember what the program was. What was the program that we first met in? (laughs) It's Lisa Cherney and it was Cash Through Clarity. And it was all about marketing messaging. Yeah, that's right. And I was a brand, I mean, I it was definitely near 2008, 2009. Yeah. 10 or maybe 11. Yeah, because yeah, I was new. I was still doing therapy and coaching, but I remembered you from them and I just loved working with you then. And then years go by and you reach out to me because you've gotten my name from somebody for mentor coaching. Yes, exactly. And you actually instigated with me. You were like, I need mentor coaching now. And I and I had already started my last mentor coaching for the year. So I said to you, well, Kim, if we can rally enough coaches, we'll do a just-in-time mentor coaching. And we rallied. We filled the whole freaking program. It was full. And in that, we were working towards your PCC. And what recently happened? I got my PCC. And I'm so excited about it. And it's so funny, Meg. As you know, I have been coaching for 100 years, 100 years, but um, just hadn't gotten around to moving from that ACC to PCC. So thank you. It it was really fun getting to work with you. And yes, to rally um, troops and get, get a whole bunch of people into that program. It was a great group, wasn't it? It was a great group. Sometimes I think those non-planned, spontaneous, let's just make it happen, things end up being some of the best. So that's what we recently did. And then I said to you, Kim, 
I think you need to come on the show. I think with, you know, all the different things you're doing, the story that you have to tell about how you are building your business through building your visibility and credibility is speaking. And I happen to believe that speaking as a coach is one of the best ways that we can market, we can we can give value and then invite people into our sphere. If they want to be in our, you know, if they want more of that, they can work with us. So what we're going to talk about today is how do we put ourselves out there as a speaker? What and I think it really starts with the thing that we started working together on a hundred years ago, which is clarity of message. And and would you agree that in order to confidently engage in the speaking circuit or or put yourself out there as a speaker, you've got to have clarity about what you believe in, the transformation that you offer, the 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 services you offer. There, it starts with clarity is my thought. What's your thought about that? Yeah, 100% agree. And so I think that's where a lot of coaches starting out get a little bit hung up because sure, we can coach everybody. You know, we can provide a transformation for any human being that comes to us. That's what we're trained to do. And yet, when you market to everyone, you market to no one. And so it is really important to first get clarity who are the people that you love working with? And I'm not saying you have to have a niche or a niche or however you say it, but having an idea of who are the people that you love serving, you love working with them. And then what's the specific transformation that you provide for those people? How do you do that? What does that look like? And what do they get at the end of that transformation? And then when you go to speak, look at How can you touch upon those specific points along that journey to to create that transformation that you uniquely can create? And I think that work, if if you don't do that work and you just go out and start talking about coaching or something very vague or too broad, it's not going to land as well as when you're specific. Love that. So- in this journey that you've been on, how long would you say you've been in the place of, you know what, I need to do more speaking or speaking is one of those things that I enjoy. Maybe at first you didn't enjoy it. Let's start there. Like, do oh my you, gosh. Do you yeah. even enjoy speaking? Let's talk about that. Well, I do now. And <laughs> when I met you, I was... I had my own clients, I had my own practice, and I was working under another coach's umbrella, Lisa Cherney, um, who is great. And I'd finished another mastermind program a couple of years before that, where I learned a model for uh, speaking, speaking for leads, speaking to sell. And so I had been doing it, you know, 13 for 13 years, 13 years ago, and I did not like it at all. I would get up on stage and I would be shaking so much that I couldn't hold a microphone because I would be shaking. So I always had to have like a lavalier mic or wireless in some way. Um, My voice would quiver to such an extent that, you know, I would be speaking higher and my voice would be shaking. And I was so self-conscious about it 
that I really avoided taking stage or avoided taking bigger stages. So I was more comfortable because I'd had corporate experience training groups of people in a room. You know, I was comfortable training or teaching different topics. I have background teaching as well. But those keynotes where you're on the big stage and all the lights are on you and you can see hundreds of people's faces where they're just staring at you like this, waiting to be entertained. Yes, exactly. What do you have for me? Yes, which just bring up all of my insecurities and that fight, flight, freeze, or appease response. And, you know, thank goodness I'd have my slides because I'd forget what I was going to say next. So all of that is so normal. And the only way to get through it is to continue speaking and to continue doing it and to get support on becoming a great speaker, to get feedback from colleagues and friends or mentors, whoever you can in the audience. And I would also recommend, you know, videotaping yourself as much as possible and watching, even though it's excruciating at first to watch yourself, but to really make a commitment to doing it. Because like you said, I believe that it's the number one way that coaches can attract clients that are meant to work for them because people are going to feel your energy. They're going to have an experience of you giving to them and they're going to immediately know you're the right coach for me or not the right coach for me. And both of those are very valuable bits of information. So good. So as you were talking, one of the things that that struck me is the similarities between speaking and coaching. So I'll say to coaches that I'm teaching and training, the only way you're going to get more comfortable in the art of coaching is to actually coach. You've got to, you've got to get out there. You've got to do it. The more people you coach, the more that muscle is going to grow. And doesn't it make sense that that exact same thing is the case for speaking? If we want to speak, we need to practice. So so what are some of the exercises that you do or that you've done over the years to build that muscle, to build that muscle? You talked about getting out there and doing it. You talked about videotaping yourself. What else have you done? Yeah, I think um, starting on video like this is very helpful because you can have notes, right? I'm looking at my screen. I can have my notes there and not reading my notes, but having them as a backup if I need a backup, having Mm -hmm. my slides, you know, I think getting comfortable with the technology is important too. Mm -hmm. So you can advance slides and, you know, you've got the whole Zoom or whatever webinar platform you're using going on. I think that's really helpful as we start to just be able to articulate the ideas that we have. Also in a webinar type of format, you can be getting real-time feedback where that's different than if you're on a big stage. You can't. I mean, you can have people raise their hand, but you don't actually want people yelling out questions and things like that. Right. So in a webinar format, you can say, type in the chat if what I'm saying resonates with you, or type your questions in the chat or in the QA, and you can have someone feeding you those questions. So I think that building the muscle by doing things virtually at first is really helpful. And then and I would say, I don't want to interrupt you, but I would also say that we have we're in a time, a period of time where that is a very real thing because even though the world has opened up some, 
there are still some organizations that are preferring to do their their big meetings virtually. Mm-hmm. So it so I guess what I want everybody to hear is yes, you could create your own webinar and you could certainly do that and that's a great way to build the muscle and you you might have opportunities to do more kinds of speaking virtually than we would have 5 10 years ago. Mhm. Yes, that's very true. And the technology's catching up. It's less glitchy, you know, it's more reliable and I think companies are getting comfortable with that. And also so many companies are moving to fully remote or hybrid workforce environments and so they don't they just don't have people all sitting in the same office. Right. And you know? they don't necessarily want the expense to fly all those people to a particular destination. Right. Yeah. Okay, so that's a great first tip. Like start yeah. start virtually. You've got you you've got technology to help support you in that. Yes, exactly. And if you've got challenges around just being on video, make videos. You know, grab your phone, make some videos off, you know, now we have like you can have your phone and you can have a little tripod set up right on your desk and you can position it in, in the perfect way. And just be recording yourself and then looking back at, I know when I first watched myself speaking on video, I'll probably look at this one too. It's like, oh, my mouth is a little crooked and my eyes are a little crooked. You're going to find all of these things and nobody else notices those things. (laughs) Just let that go. When I speak, like I just caught myself saying, you know, you'll, you'll catch yourself with the filler words just notice, just notice it. And the more you do it and practice it and look back at it and notice, okay, here's what I want to change. I want to look directly into the camera. Um, I don't want to be seen reading my notes, going back and forth, back and forth. You know, you'll see things that you don't normally see if you're just speaking. So that's another tip to get ready. We'll be back to my interview with Kim Carpenter right after this message. The new year is a wonderful time to take inventory of your own coaching skills. How long has it been since you've sharpened your saw of skills, leaned into the new competencies, and taken your coaching from transactional to transformational? Those are some of the things that we look at in the mentor coaching program. Kim was talking about going through one of my mentor coaching programs, how much she enjoyed it, how much we enjoyed working together as a group. And I invite you to explore the newest mentor program that is about to begin. So if you are ready to earn those all important core competency, continuing education credits, build additional skills around your coaching, and work with other amazing coaches to transform the coaching that you're doing, explore the mentor program at starcoachshow.com slash mentor, starcoachshow.com slash mentor. Our program begins in early January, so check it out. Now, let's get back to the show. We also see our 
facial expressions. And we can see yeah. so when we're on video with ourselves, all sorts of things become apparent that aren't like, let's shame and blame ourselves about this or or get get like that that gives us reason not to do it. It's just like, oh, I have a a tendency to talk with my hands. I talk with my hands all the time. And sometimes it's very distracting. So I think to myself, okay, put your hands down, Meg. So, so you know, there there's a value also being able to see yourself on video. Yes, there's a lot of value. And then when you go to get more courageous with speaking on stages, the key here that I found is just practice, practice, practice. The thing that got my nerves to calm down that, you know, my hand used to shake da, 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 was just practicing. And so I practice with my husband. I make him listen to my talks. He gives me feedback. Now he's an educator. So he's a really great resource to use to get feedback. But what friends do you have? What other fellow coaches do you know that maybe you want to practice your talk and they want to practice their talk and you agree to give each other feedback on those things. But when you know what you're going to say and it's in your bones, you've as much as possible, you know, got the notes down that you're going to speak to the slide, the more comfortable you're going to be up on stage. And the other thing that I really like to do, I like to write it out. Like, how would I say this? And then I read over it and I practice it. And inevitably, I say something slightly different every time. And that's okay. Because the other thing that we know as coaches is that we can sense the people's energy in the room and we can trust our intuition to know what's there's something bubbling up here, right? I feel, I just feel inspired to say, this next thing. And I didn't practice it. I didn't know I was going to say that, but allowing the space in your presentations to let that come through, because those are the magical moments. Those are the same moments that happen in our coaching, right? Where we're not trying to think of what's the next great question to ask this person. We're just moving where the conversation goes and allowing that magic to bubble up. So I wanted to bring that in. I love that. One of the things that you said in our pre-interview that I want to also share, because I think it's a great technique that people might be like, really? But what's the value of practicing in front of a mirror? Oh, yes. that That is a great technique. I forgot we had talked about that. So when you speak into the mirror, you're going to see things that you've never seen before. And I don't want to say too much about it because I want you to just be open to the experience of doing it. But I speak to the mirror, both practicing my talk. So I will, especially the beginning of the talk, the intro and the ending of the talk are the two most important parts of the talk. The, the middle <laughs> is, you know, the middle. <laughs> it's, well, it's, it's also data. where likely some of that spontaneity and the flow is going to be in the middle. In the yeah. beginning and at the end, you probably have sort of bookends that, or I know that I do when I speak, sort of, I'm going to be opening it a particular way and I'm going to be closing it a particular way. Yeah. You want to cause the transformation in this experience. So you want to initially grab people's attention, you know, really get it, get them leaning in curious. And at the end, 
really drive them to take an action, whether that's to reach out to you, to opt in for something, you know, to take something on for themselves, whatever that is. So those things are important. So I'll practice those in the mirror and I'll notice what I feel compelled to say and talk about. I'll also sometimes just talk to myself in the mirror, especially if I'm nervous about it. I'll say, I'm really nervous about this <laughs> and I'm freaking out right now and I feel shaky and I don't know what I'm going to say. And, and I just let myself talk. This whole thing is mirror work and it's really impactful for you to get to the heart of what's actually true. And that's all I want to say about it. Cause I think it's very easy to judge ourselves, be nervous. Like it's going to bring up the stuff. Speaking is the number one fear. Okay, everyone, fear of death is number two. Public speaking is number one. So let's just acknowledge that. Our brains yeah, let's just know. normalize it. Yeah. Yeah. And all the stories that we tell ourselves about what could happen and what will, you know, it's like, yeah, but what else could be true? What else could be true? Exactly. So love that. You won't love likely that. die. You won't actually likely die on stage. Right. <laughs> you right. might feel like you're going to die, but yeah. Yeah, it doesn't happen that often. How do you weave stories into what you're sharing? Mm, stories are the most important part. We think that it's the information that we need to convey, the content. Actually, people want to be entertained. And this is something I'm always working on. I'm always trying to get better at, honestly. But if you listen to the really great keynote speakers, um, people that leave you inspired, people that you remember what they actually talked about, guaranteed you're going to remember the stories. I love Brene Brown. And when I think about Brene Brown's speeches, I don't necessarily remember all the research that she did on shame, but I remember her story about swimming across Lake Travis, which is just here in my backyard with her husband, and then having an argument in the middle of the lake and how he was afraid of dying and, and drowning. And that's why he was being very snippy with her. That's the, you know, it's the stories. And so right. spend time mining for stories, writing stories. What is a story I could tell? And maybe it seems like a, like a disconnected story, but you could find the way to connect it in. Think about things that happened to you in the past, things about that happened to your clients or for your clients out of your work with them. Um, but I would say stories are really the most important part. Love that. And when you think about story, you don't necessarily, so I think we believe that all the backstory needs to be told. We need to lead up to, well, we lose people. So it's like, where's the sweet spot to begin the story and to begin the telling of the story, not the, so I would challenge you to think about, much like with coaching, do you really need all that information or what's what does the audience really need to hear and where can you begin to engage in the story? And it's usually in the middle. It's usually in the middle that you begin sharing in a way that draws people in. Remember, Kim said you want people leaning into what you're sharing. So think of, you know, as you write out those stories, where's the juicy part? Where's the part that makes sense? And think about the stories that you've heard. They don't begin way before I it ever is born. like, yeah, I was born in, born yeah. in Alabama. <laughs> no, 
Yeah. And think about, I love to think about Hollywood and how movies are made and the opening scene, right? We don't get the whole background. This person was born, they're a baby, they're in the hospital. No, it's like something's happening. It's a dark alley and you see a shadow, a silhouette of someone, and then something happens, right? So you want to have that attention grabbing element to your talk. You know, if I go back to the Brene Brown example, I'm sure she was saying, Every summer, my family goes to Lake Travis. And this one summer, my husband and I decided to swim across the lake at 6 a.m. We jump in the water. It's freezing cold. We don't even look at each other. We start swimming. And I notice he's swimming ahead of me by like 10 strokes. And I'm thinking this thought and that thought. And I'm feeling this and I'm feeling that. So you want to make it as emotional and sensory as possible. What are all of your senses in that experience? And the best talks, I think, just open with a story, just just right into the story, right in the middle of the story and letting go of all of the other details that you might feel compelled to tell. So you might practice again and again. Was that piece really needed? What was the, what was an ad? Cause you're not necessarily going to know. And that's to Kim's point where you invite other people to listen. Where did the story grab you? Where was the part that you felt was the, the most important to share? What do you think really was a detail that wasn't needed? Like engage other people in the process with you. So, mm-hmm. so good. You talk about Brene. The other thing Brene is awesome at doing is bringing humor into her talks. How easy or hard is that for you to engage with humor? (laughs) I think for myself, it's a little challenging because I think what goes on for me is I want to be respected. I want to be confident. I want these people to hire me after this, right? And so how much do I let my goofy flag fly? And what I've seen is it can be, it can, it can fly. You know, I can bring Mm -hmm. humor in. I can have self-deprecating humor in, in doses. And I think people love to laugh, right? So when we make ourselves more relatable by sharing funny things that have happened to ourselves, then other people get to relax and feel like, well, it's okay to just be me too. So I, I think, you know, that's one thing that I definitely need to work on Meg is bringing in more funny stories. And when I think about the speakers that I enjoy the most, we're laughing, you know, Mm -hmm. the audience is laughing and that's really powerful. Yeah. It is a powerful way to also get those endorphins going and, and get the whole audience sort of in that energized space and, um, I just did a two-day facilitation where I told one of my most embarrassing stories to them because it just, it's sort of like, oh, this is a perfect opportunity for that. It sort of broke the ice. They were laughing. We were having a good time. They sort of teased me about it over the next two days. And and obviously, we've got to be cautious about what we share. and, And it was appropriate. It wasn't, you know, but that people enjoy. And so the feedback that I consistently get, whether I'm teaching whether I'm speaking, um, is it's so much fun. And I think that there is an element of let's have fun together, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, really beautiful. Excellent. So I love the way that you set the stage for 
how to get comfortable doing this or and that it's a process. I would also love for us to talk a little bit about how do you find speaking engagements? Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's a great one. So there are actually so many resources online that you can leverage in order to find out about speaking engagements. Some of these resources you have to pay for. I'm a member of a platform called Innovation Women. And so they are promoting speaking engagements for organizations and conferences and things that are looking for more women speakers because we're trying to create more equity on the stage. There are memberships that you can join, like the National Speakers Association, where the members will share about speaking engagements that they've been in. I also just want to say that connecting with other speakers who are trying to do exactly what you want to do or who are doing it, who are being successful at it, is a really great resource. So anytime I'm speaking at a conference, I always connect with all of the other speakers. And I talk about sharing information about places that are looking for speakers. Because if you think about it, if, especially if you're a keynote speaker for a conference one year, you're not going to get hired again <laughs> the next year, right? They're always wanting a different keynote. Now, if you're a workshop leader or a small, you're speaking in a breakout, then you'll probably get hired back. But if you're a keynote speaker, you probably won't. And so it's okay to say, where else are you, are you speaking? Where have you loved speaking? That they're very organized. So sharing with each other. And then the other place to look at, especially if you're a coach, and I really think that it's okay to speak for free if you are able to offer a lead magnet and opt-in, um, get the mailing list, you know, some, or if you ask them for a reference, a referral, a video testimonial, then it's really valuable because mm -hmm. I'm not speaking because I want to be a huge paid keynote speaker that's right. making $100,000. You know, that's not my business model. My business model is I want to speak so people can feel if they resonate with me or not and want to hire me or not. And so it's okay for me to strategically speak at some places for free. So you can just look online for associations that have meetings every single month and they're always looking for great dynamic speakers. Mm -hmm. And apply, reach out to the people who are running the events of those associations. And there are dozens in your city, I'm sure, if not hundreds in your state. Mm -hmm. There's so many. And as we pointed out before, there are often virtual meetings these days. So even if it it would be great if you could go and rub elbows and and meet people. And it might very well be that they're looking for a virtual speaker so that even if it's somebody across the country, mm -hmm. um, you can still engage. But ask, you know, if I'm going to offer my time and offer my expertise, I'd love to offer something of value to your audience that they opt in for. Or um, I'd love to be able to share a little bit about what I do and who who I love working with just as, as part of um, part of, of the experience of getting to know the audience and having the audience get to know me. So I think that speaking to sell or speaking around, not necessarily getting a fee to speak, but that it's to build your credibility, 
attract people who want to work with you is probably, you'll probably do more of that than speaking engagements would be my guess. Yeah. Speaking. I mean, paid speaking engagements. Right. Yeah, for sure. I think that, you know, it depends on what your purpose for speaking is. And I think for most coaches, it's going to be, we love coaching, right? We don't want to just be up on stage speaking. So how can you get leads, generate leads, Mm -hmm. get them onto your email list as much as possible Mm -hmm. so that you can continue to nurture that relationship with people? Yeah. So good. So, so, so good. So Kim, part of what we talked about, and it's been a few minutes since we did our exploratory call, but we were going to talk about sort of the change since you have grown in your confidence and your number of speaking engagements. What have you seen as the direct results in your business? Oh, wow. Yeah. So currently, I have a team of people that work with me in my business, my marketing team and PR team, and they are charged with getting me booked on at least three stages a month. Now that could be a virtual stage that could be, you know, giving a webinar that could be something that I host and organize myself that's virtual or live or um, getting booked for free or paid gigs. And so or a podcast. Or a podcast, yes, just like this. I have to, you know, say because you're here <laughs> with me now. Yes, I am, and so I feel that <laughs> this has made a massive difference in my business. So if I look just back on last year, I got connected with SHRM, Society for HR Managers. I got connected with the Texas Leadership Board. I spoke to them, and then I was naturally invited to speak at. All the diff- a lot of different chapters around Texas. So there's 32 chapters. So that just opened up that possibility. Then I spoke at conferences. So sometimes these um, associations or organizations have conferences. Sometimes they pay their speakers. Sometimes they don't. So always ask, is this a paid engagement? Is there any openness to paying? Could you cover my travel expenses? Could you cover my hotel costs if you're traveling for it, right? Always ask. They could just say no or yes. But out of that, in the last quarter of this year, I actually doubled my revenue. So that is amazing. Yeah. The revenue that I made in the first three quarters, I doubled that in the last three months of the year through speaking. So it can be a really super powerful tool. and, And it builds upon itself, it keeps accelerating because the more people you get in front of, all those people know people, right? And so also continue to ask, if you're looking for speakers, reach out to me, you know, have that be not just let's have a strategy session about coaching, but let's talk about how I can serve your organization. I'd love to add value to your next meeting. If you know people who are looking for great speakers, I would love to talk with them. So make sure that that's part of what you're doing to also market yourself. So Kim, so many good, good tips. I'm wondering, you had mentioned early on, also, don't forget that they're speaking like through YouTube or through social media. And I think that that can be a great way to grab people's attention and maybe get on somebody's radar. So how do you use that if you're using that? 
Yes, I definitely am. Thanks for bringing that in, Meg. So all of the social media channels have some aspect of video, and many of them are prioritizing video. I've heard a rumor that Facebook actually wants to be primarily a video platform, for example. So their algorithm is going to prioritize things that are video because people love flipping through those videos. You know, how popular is TikTok and Instagram? And and we love watching those little videos. So you can think about making videos and either doing it live. So there's Facebook live, there's LinkedIn live, where you're doing an Instagram as well. Um, right. Where you're doing a live segment, or you can pre record things. And something I think is really powerful that keeps building on the continuity of your message would could also be, um, you know, several videos that go under a theme or a certain topic that you're talking about. So I coach um, organizations and teams around effective communication. I call it connected communication. So I'm actually planning a little video series where I'm talking about. 10 different aspects of connected communication. And I'm marketing that as a little video series. So those types of things also can get passed around. So not only are you leveraging the natural algorithm of the platform that you're using, but people can easily share and pass these things on and see them. Another thing related to video that I wanted to mention is that creating a speaker reel is can be super powerful, especially if you want to yeah. get placed on bigger stages. And so I had some speaking engagements. I wasn't allowed to bring a video team, unfortunately. So I was like, darn, what am I going to do? So I had a couple of talks that I had recorded. And then I hired a videographer. I, I recorded just some talking head segments where I was sharing about my message. And then I interspersed the videos in. It's always great to actually start with a video of yourself on the stage because people who are event planners, They just want to see that. They want to see how are you doing on the stage, but start wherever you are, whatever you've got. And so I actually have gotten some paid speaking engagements and company workshops because people saw the video of me and that instantly built credibility and trust in my ability to show up and speak to, you know, a large audience, a group of people. So all of those things are important. Now you don't have to have that to get started. So don't let it stop you from getting started and just keep it in the back of your mind. Okay. I'm going to go do this talk here and maybe, Hey, I'm going to go do this for free. So can I bring a videographer? Can I get, you know, signature releases from everybody in the room saying I'm allowed to use this video for marketing purposes. That's important. But how can I really leverage the opportunity to capture some marketing of my speaking engagement? So just some things to think about there. So good. And maybe a step before that, if you if you don't have a video reel yet, do a speaker page, a speaker page with a nice photo of you, some topics that you talk about, some of your bio information, some questions that that people can ask you if you're if you're doing a video, if you're doing an interview. But if you're doing speaking, it would be, you know, here's some topics that I can cover and Here's some of my experience. And, and that can be a great way to capture people's attention and let them know about. So if I am an event planner and my speaker suddenly drops out and I've got one sheets from people that I can flip through real quick and reach out to, oh my goodness gracious, you're right there ahead of the game. 
That's right. And you need to be also as a speaker, ready to speak like that. Like, can right. you come week? Can you come next week? And you want the answer to be yes. Whether you're, you know, you're collapsing your talk into a 20 minute segment, or you're getting to do an hour or a 90 minute, you know, whatever that is, you want to be ready. You want to be able to say yes. So yes, with your speaker materials. Um, and I just want to share if you want to go, if you want to see mine as an example, the website is peopleatthecenter.com forward slash speaking. And you can see I've got my photographs right there because they always ask you for your bio, your photographs, your talk title, three learning outcomes from your talk or your workshop that you're leading. Um, you know, there's just standard information that every single engagement asks for. So you want to be ready to have that. And I love that. So if you're ready and Kim can say, yes, go to people at the center slash speaking, right? Mm-hmm. And boom, there it is. Is she prepared? Yes. So does that mean that we never tweak our talk or do a specialized talk for somebody? No, we might do that. But what is your signature talk? What is the talk that if you were given an opportunity in a moment to do to bring forward what lights you up to talk about that you can have prepared, like Kim said, that could be reduced down? to 20 minutes or expanded into 90 minutes. That's our challenge for you as we wrap up this interview today. Kim, so, so good. Anything that we've left on the table that you just want to kind of um, give as a last thought? Oh my goodness. I would say just get started. Just get started. I know that there are a lot of people that have these little challenges on Facebook and things of like a visibility challenge. So if that's your roadblock, just do it. You know, you can post, you could decide every day for the next 10 days, I'm going to post a video online. There is something about doing it publicly. So it's not just a video for yourself, but it's a video that others can see. I think getting over that hurdle of being seen might be the most important thing. And it's, I just want to share that I really had that very strongly. In fact, when I was doing my mentor coaching with Meg, I had a little meltdown in one of my sessions and said, oh, I didn't know that I was so nervous about haters or about getting negative comments on my posts or on my videos. And I was just avoiding doing anything publicly and it was not serving me. So out of that breakdown, of course, we know comes a breakthrough and Meg really facilitated that for me. Thank you. And Oh, absolutely. Um, that was another big thing to let, let led to that huge success in this last quarter of the year. Love it. Kim, you are one of my favorite people. You just bring <laughs> such energy and and focus with you, but just kind of in a great fun way. And I appreciate you sharing with us um, your journey and the impact of the decisions that you've made, because I really think people need to hear that. So thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. And if you're listening, you know, you've got this. You totally got this. (laughs) Totally. Thank you. So I hope that you have been taking notes and thinking about all the things that you can do to increase your influence in your income through speaking. I want to thank Kim Carpenter again for bringing her knowledge forward. If you want to connect with Kim, 
Uh, look at her media page. All those links are going to be in the show notes for this episode, starcoachshow.com slash 371, starcoachshow.com slash 371. My conversation with Kim continues in the Star Coach community, where we talk about some of the lessons she learned building her business. Next week, I'm going to go solo and talk about how we can effectively and responsibly use AI to build our business. So I'm excited to have you back. Be sure to come back next week as we explore that. If you want to know more about the Star Coach community, explore that at starcoachshow.com slash community, starcoachshow.com slash community. Until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Hey, if you like what we're doing, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen and have a great week.